Okay. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. It's been a little while since I've jumped on and I am all about that kind of impromptu uh, let's do this. And this morning, I am joined by the amazing Heather from Stanford Gold. So good morning, Heather. Good morning, Kerry. Good morning, listeners, as they say. Podcast and we world, were just um, having apparently. a cup of tea and we thought, let's do this because we had too many <laughs> juicy conversations between us. Um, so Heather's just kindly kind of gone, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. What do you what do you mean? Two blondes in a room with a view? That would be ridiculous. <laughs> Who knew that existed? <laughs> we we literally could talk forever though. There was so there was so many juicy things. And I just thought, let's let's just let's just come on to a meeting. Let's just do this. So where are we? So there is literally so many questions I can ask Heather she's amazing if you don't know who Heather is where have you been uh you have either been under a rock or you have been I don't know where you've been so Heather is really our industry wedding industry legal fairy godmother um and she well just let everyone know come on you you can sell yourself I don't know okay shall I, shall I try and do an elevator pitch which is not going to send everyone to sleep right so when when the lawyer starts talking normally everyone goes oh god oh, no shut up that's so boring I can't do it. I can't it's too boring it's too complicated I don't need it I don't want to think about it. It's not very creative. It's definitely not very Pinterest. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with it. Um. Well, I suppose what I've done for the last five years is spend an awful lot of time trying to encourage creative businesses generally, and wedding businesses specifically, to sort of face it up because it is essential. Um. And getting this legal stuff, contractual stuff, right is absolutely key to having a good, solid, robust uh, business. Uh, so my name's Heather Stanford, sometimes called Stanford Gould. I'd never intended to be double barreled, but apparently I am occasionally. Um, and I have two businesses, Stanford Gould and Stanford Gould Online. And we offer legal, contractual and all the boring compliance, nitty gritty nonsense uh, services to people in the wedding industry who are suppliers. So we deal with makeup artists and hairdressers, florists, wedding planners, venues, um photo booth operators you you name it if you supply a service to a wedding you're the customers that we love to talk to um and um and that, that's in a, in a nutshell what we do i'm a non-practicing solicitor i was in a practicing solicitor uh for probably 20-ish years um that we won't talk about um and now i run these two businesses um and i sit and drink cups of tea with kerry on a Tuesday morning instead, which is much, much more fun, and chat on the podcast. <laughs> it's like one of the best elevator pitches I think I've ever heard. And you know, I'm in the business world. So this is, that was incredible. <laughs> well done, Emma. I absolutely love that. So did, I've got a question for you. I'm just curious. Other people might be curious. Did you always want to be in the legal sector? Um. Yes. So I when I was doing my A-levels and trying to decide what was going to happen with my life, bearing in mind I have an 18-year-old son upstairs in exactly this position at the moment, and I have told him not to do this, um, I, I was thinking, well, what am I going to do? I don't really like any of my A-level subjects. What shall I do? don't really like medical stuff. Spent a week being an accountant and absolutely bloody hated it. Sorry, all the accountants listening. Yeah. Um, I just couldn't bear it. And then law was the next thing that I thought you could do. So 
that's what I ended up doing as a degree. It was a complete miracle to me when I rocked up to my first year in college and found that people were doing degrees in knitwear and photography what? and building. Oh, it, these are all things that, you know, even, even in the late 80s, you could do a, you know, these amazing degrees in really interesting and fantastic things. I'm like, why am I on the law course? This isn't, this isn't <laughs> nuts. But anyway, um, so yes, uh, have been... Uh, that did all my legal qualifications and then have been a lawyer really throughout since the early 90s when I first qualified. Had a stint out of law when my children were very small um, because at the time I was running a legal practice uh, as the managing partner and that was not achievable with babies. Um, so had a had a couple of years, well a year off and then came back and did a bit of recruitment, worked for a legal recruiter, a uh, sales job. Who knew one could do that? I, I don't know. I think you would be pretty good at that, actually. <laughs> surprise, surprise. I wasn't bad. I wasn't bad. <laughs> um, so I did that for about eight or nine years. Then I went back to practice. And um, I left that sort of formal legal practice about eight years ago and set up this business. So we're about to, in September, we will be eight years old, which I is, is terrifying to me. I do not understand where that time has gone to. Um, but yeah. Uh, if you, uh, as they, as the expression goes, if you broke me down the middle, it would probably say legal through the stick of rock. You know, yes, sort of, um, it's in the blood. I think it? like a lawyer, I talk like a lawyer, I behave like a lawyer most of the time. Not all of the time, but most of the time. And I suppose what, what I've been keen to try and do is not only uh, express the importance of this stuff, but to try and make it a bit more accessible. Uh, to people to, to understand to unpack things to make them less complicated make them less scary make them less intimidating and therefore make people use and understand them more um because lawyers generally are not massively user-friendly people still in my experience and it's been bright broad you know it's not it's not easy it's quite intimidating talking to lawyers about quite complex stuff that you don't necessarily even know whether you need it it's a bit like talking to tech people well same so, principle I don't know so uh, yeah one. so that's been what we've what we've tried to do try and make it a bit more human I think you do it really well in fact so much so that you know I have been working with you on several projects you know over years and years and years I mean I, I know that I first kind of really got to know you during the pandemic which I think a lot of wedding industry suppliers are going to say this to you like I remember do you mind us going there no no at all not at all I know not that all. um <laughs> but you know during the pandemic you know, I had this agency, I had lots of brides in my business, and, I, and there was lots of suppliers, more, all a bit topsy-turvy, and you just became the oracle, Heather. Like, everybody followed you, and it was like, Heather's creating a group, and here's some advice. What was, just tell me, how did that feel at the time? Um, uh, scary. Right. Um, and I was very conscious that there was an enormous weight of expectation and, and hope I think being planted on my door. Um, it's not about leading people through, but I think there was an element of they people needed someone to go right, chaps. Pick up your, you know, pick up your britches. Let's uh, let's wade in here because we've got it. We've got no one's going to come and help us. We're going to have to help ourselves. So there was a sort of element of leadership that I think the industry generally was lacking, and it wasn't just me doing that. There were there were quite a number of people like um, Love My Dress and um, 
uh, you know, that the, the what about what the hashtag the campaign that became hashtag what about weddings? Our wedding, yeah. There were people who sort of galvanized in that scenario, thank God, and we we managed to sort of get ourselves through that process. But nonetheless, it was it was scary and it was um stressful <laughs> because I, I for the first I think the first 10 or 12 weeks of that time, you know, cast your mind back. It's really hard now to sort of think about that, I think at this point but blue my neck it was absolutely relentless and and the phone never stopped the email never stopped it was people 24 7 just going help me help me help me help me help me and you can help people but you cannot help everybody not because you won't but because it's just not possible so it was a pretty scary time and what I found was going onto Facebook and doing those lives and those Q&A's um, and uh, dropping into groups and giving them, you know, half an hour of just, right, let's just boil this down to the absolute nuts and bolts of it. Here's what you need to do. Here's a plan. A, B, C, D. Just do those things. Don't worry about the rest. Um, that was a way of communicating help to a much, much bigger audience than I could ever have done with just answering emails and the phone. Um, so, yeah, it was <laughs> it was pretty mad. Um, and I don't know that I'd like to go through it again for all sorts of reasons. But, you know, on the plus, it absolutely did put me in front of, it catapulted my business and my, and this was uh, in front of literally thousands of people. We did, we did, um, the first one I did was an early Facebook live and I'd, I'd gone to Cornwall. This was before lockdown. I'd gone to Cornwall with a friend of mine and we'd been, we'd had two or three days of, lovely hotel, nice chat, you know, with a few glasses of wine, of course. And I'm, you know, flicking onto Facebook and social, other social media platforms are available and seeing all this nonsense being talked about what was coming. COVID was coming, lockdown was coming, and all sorts of rubbish. And on the drive home, which, believe you me, Cornwall to Nottingham is a bloody long drive. Yeah, it is. I was thinking, I've got to get on, I've got to get on somehow and put some of this right you know I, I, there was all this misinformation so I just went home and I, I said to, I walked to the door I had a cup of tea and I said I'm just gonna pop on I'm just gonna pop on Facebook for an hour to my husband it's about four o'clock on a Friday afternoon and I just did a really impromptu right boys and girls this is what I'm hearing and can I just put you right about this this is the legal position this is the contractual position I don't know what's coming I haven't got a crystal ball but if this comes, these are going to be some of the challenges that you're going to have. And it was all about communicating with customers, having having a dialogue, having a tricky conversation. What if, you know, those sorts of things and where you might be if you had a contract or indeed if you didn't and what might happen. And um, and that video got watched 25,000 times or something ridiculous in the first um, in the first three or four months of the of the pandemic. So. Yeah, it was it was mad. <laughs> it was mad. I I mean, I remember that and I personally had to refund, I think it was something along the lines of six thousand pounds in deposits. And we I mean we're just hair and makeup, so God only knows what everyone else had yeah. to. But I thought, and I just want to say this to you, because I don't think I don't know if anyone ever has, you led and you did it with style. Like it was incredible. <laughs> you were absolutely incredible. I can never thank you enough for that period of time, Heda. On behalf of the whole entire wedding industry right now, I want to thank you for that because you gave us hope, 
you helped us become strong. You gave us the tools. We were able to literally just pick off your website what we needed to get us going again. And that is a massive testament to you. So thank you so much for that. Oh, bless you. That's really sweet of you to say so. Thank you. You're welcome. A um, couple more questions, um, if that's all right with you. Yeah, sure. What? This is going to sound crazy, but as a lawyer, I'm just trying to, and I'm always thinking about this because I did a masterclass in my own community last month about productivity secrets. So all the things, <laughs> right, to help people get shit done, quite frankly. What yep. is, you know, what does your morning routine look like? Um, My morning routine, I'd love to say something like, do 10 minutes of meditation, gratitude list. It's really not like that at all. My morning routine is open the computer, start. It's not start. like that. It it's not like that. It's, it, it's it, honestly, it's start. I find prevarication is the thief of all time. That, that you know, and I say, I say this because as a lawyer, you are required to account for your whole day in practice in six minute chunks so every hour is 10 10 units you've got to account for every hour of your day in that way so you sit and think oh I'll just have a quick look at um I don't know a Pinterest page and I'll just have a quick look at this you, you've got to write that down on a on a on a page somewhere to someone and so I spent the first 35 minutes looking at YouTube working out how to fix my I don't know uh, my ipod um oh gosh show my age uh but you know the prevarication is not good so i do come in i look at my inbox i get rid of all the rubbish because everybody has rubbish and um i just uh crack on i then i mean i then i'll know what there's a time list. block though heather i'm pretty sure you yeah. said i'm blocking my time out and yeah. you know that that is non-negotiable and that's something yeah, that we absolutely teach well. yeah so some of my jobs are like little you know a quick email back a quick email back if I've got to sit and write a contract that is a two three hour yeah piece of time so in a day I might go right well the afternoon I'm going to write two contracts this afternoon that's going to be my job by the end of the afternoon I'm going to complete those sent them um Fridays have become sacrosanct days off since, since since January, I've just about you. got to just got to a phase where my customers send me stuff on Thursday afternoon and go, I know you won't look at this till Monday. Yes, <laughs> my work here is done. Um, so yeah, trying to think about the size of the job and the, the amount of time that that job's going to take and botting it in. Um, so yeah, so I think that that's very much uh, uh that's really important. Um. So trying to have a, a plan of your day and not get sh too shanghaied all the way through it by people who demand your attention immediately. You know, other people's uh, priorities. <laughs> other people's timelines, other people's yeah. priorities. Mm. You know, so having a period of time when you deal with those and then you say, right, next time I'm going to look at that again, that will be tomorrow at this you know at 10 o'clock I'll have a have a slot then for looking at my social media or I'll have a slot then for returning calls or I'll have another slot for following up quotes that I've given to people who haven't come back so just trying to think about those jobs as defined periods of time and not get that allow other people to interrupt your I love that, I love that. I'm going to ask you what is the least favorite part of your job Oh, the least part, favorite part of my job is still uh, dealing with unreasonable people. Oh, 
in a dispute context. So whether that's, it's not so much now my customers, my customers, are, or indeed my clients when I was in practice, they were, they, occasionally they were unreasonable. They were just, they were stressed. You know, if you're, in, imagine someone in a dispute, right. you're, in, you're in a whole world of stress, worrying about what to do and, and, how, to, and how to make it go away. Um, and that makes you a difficult person sometimes to deal with. And that, you know, that I sort of kind of, people on, on the other side of a dispute who just, are unreasonable and unex and um, just over expectant and won't compromise. And you know, sometimes these things are processes. You have to allow that to happen for a period of time, and then people's mindset changes in in time. But that's an expensive and stressful wait. So that's still my least favorite thing, and the thing that I try to do as little as as possible. Even though I spent twenty years of my life doing exactly that. I left my job because I didn't want to do any more of that. Yeah, I was good in at the it. middle. <clears throat> I was good at it, but I, I don't want to do that anymore. And so um, I, I still do deal with disputes and give people to advice in disputes, but I try not to do too much of it because it's, yeah, it's not something oh, I enjoy. I'm sure it's really stressful. Um, so we have... Um, you know, places we can find you, Heather. So I'm conscious okay. that we are taking away your valuable time. And I know that you've got lots of clients who are saying how busy you are. I was saying the same thing. You would think in my community, everyone should be out on weddings and doing their jobs, which they are, but they are still asking loads of questions. People just want to get so much done in their business and they want help and advice. So where can people find you, Heather, if they need to, you know, if they're in a sticky wicket, um, and I've been in several sticky wickets and you are my my go-to where can they find you for more help okay so we've got all the usual social media channels if you look for stanford gould or, or heather stanford gould or if you look for your legal fairy godmother that's our registered trademark thank you very much i love it um, <laughs> nicked from a customer who told me that was what i was but oh my god that's brilliant it's too good to give away i'm having that for branding and um, so if you google your legal fairy godmother you will find us um, we're on Facebook. We've got a Facebook group. We've got we're on Instagram. We're on LinkedIn. We're all over it. We're all over it. And and if you are in a situation where you're genuinely thinking, I don't know what to do and I don't even know where to start, just pick the phone up. Just pick the phone up and have a conversation. We don't, you know, set a clock going the minute the phone gets answered and you get charged by the minute. That's not how we work. Um, you know, but pick the phone up, drop us an email. Direct messages through social media tend to get looked at, not necessarily immediately, for all the reasons we just talked about, because they interrupt your day. But emails get looked at and phone calls get answered. So if you've got a question, drop me an email, pick up the phone. I will tell you if I can help you. If I can't help you, I'll probably know someone who can. So, um, yeah, I'd be delighted delighted to help. Go and have a look on the websites if you want to see what we can what we can do and what we can offer. I'll tell you what I, I i mean she's saying i don't we don't always get back to people that fast i can tell you now every time i've had a problem they're pretty hot on it which is why i can't this is another reason i come back to heather because she's so approachable she will just pick up the phone and you know a lot of people are scared to pick up the phone these days and have a conversation yeah. that is Absolutely. not Heather from stanford let me tell you that um so ladies if you're out there and you're thinking like i'm stuck i've got a bride from hell i don't know what to do 
let's go and find out, you know, how Heather can help you. So, Heather, I just want to say massive thank you for joining me on today's impromptu little coffee break. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure we'll be programming thing. much, many more in, in the future. Yeah, I'd be I'd be delighted. Let's do another one another time about uh, about about less about me, more about stuff that bothers your members or your your group or your. We've got so uh, many followers. gorgeous, juicy topics to come, so we'll definitely do that. Thank you so much, Heather, and we'll see Sounds you soon. Good.